Get ready for biblical preaching and teaching. I am Pastor Adam Bigelow. Isn't it time to get unstuck? This is the Reaching Forward Podcast. If you have your Bibles and you want to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we'll start at verse 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we'll start in verse 12. And we're dealing with developing, and that's what's on the church card, and that's the theme of 1 Corinthians. If you, if you read this about this church, it'd be like a church you would want to go to. I mean, it's like a guy sleeping with like his dad's wife. It could have been his mom. I mean, it was so bad that the pagans, the Corinthians, who were notoriously, so their religion consisted of going to church and having intercourse with one of the priestesses at the temple of Aphrodite. So they are by no means prudish people. But the Corinthians were so out there that even the non-Christians were like, dude, that's wrong. (laughs) So say, preacher, well, what? Paul had no more, he had more problems with this church than other churches. I say a preacher, you know, some people think, oh, back in the good old days when everyone was, you know, when were those good old days? When were those perfect times in the church? Like New Testament Christian church times? Way back in the New Testament Christian church, the Corinthians needed to develop. But thank God Paul didn't throw them out and there's much learning to be done here. And it's also a reality. You're like, wow, I didn't know churches could be so crazy. They can and Paul had to, different stabs at it and trying to make it, make it work and really help them to develop into what God wanted them to be. And I thank God that when I got saved, I wasn't perfect. I'm still not perfect and we're still growing. But my pastor was there to help me work on things and uh, other brethren were there to, to I would watch their lives. I really would. I'd see other Marines. I got saved in the military and I'd watch them to see how they were going to act in the, in the, we called it a chow hall. Uh, the dining facility, cafeteria, right? And I was going to see, is he going to be like he was in church? And guess what? I saw people that were Christians in church and out of church. Even when you could be a cool guy, they were a Christian guy. So I thank God for that. But as we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we got into part two, beginning to get into part two last time, and developing... The body of Christ. That's what we're going to deal with tonight. Developing the body of Christ. And as we see, and I love talking about our local church because there's like all people from different places and we all have different strengths and weaknesses and something to add. And that's really like the body of Christ. We're all different. And so everyone, and it might not seem, well, what can this person do or what can that person do? Well, we're going to find out. And that's really the message of the, everybody's important in the, in the body of Christ. It's one body, many parts. My, uh, my wife has these earphones that are wireless. So you just stick it in your ear. It's, it, and uh, it has this thing that wraps around your ear. And uh, after that, since I've already connected it to my phone, there's a female voice that comes and it goes, connected. And that means, although they are two different parts, right? The earphone is linked to work with the phone. So the sound comes through the earphone. In the same way, none of us are connected physically, but there is a connection 
in the body of Christ. That is exactly what Paul is talking about. doesn't mean that we all walk around with a big hug, all being connected, but that we're all linked, and it's going to explain it more next week, how we're linked. But, okay, so body parts, right? That sounds gross. It sounds like a CSI show. Which body part is the most reliable body part? Fingers, because you can always count on them. What? When you die, no, this is not scientific. When you die, what body part dies last? The brain? No, no, no. The pupils, they dilate. I have to get with you later, brother. Which specific body part makes a ton of movie blockbusters? This knee. Well, if you had a crazy day, you need to laugh, right? Yes. And so this is the last one. So... If you had to choose one body part to smell, would you pick your nose? (laughs) So developing the body of Christ, many parts, which one would you pick, right? One whole, W-H-O-L-E. Let's look. And really, this is an appeal, and it's 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 an appeal that, it's a theme that runs. It's a current that runs through this book. Paul is appealing for unity. He's appealing that these Corinthians were trying to uh, say that, well, I'm great, you're not so great. And we just read earlier about how in the Lord's Supper, people would come in and they would bring their own food to snack on. And then when it came time to have the Lord's Supper, they wouldn't have shared the food. And some people would come in and they would be drunk. Right before the Lord's Supper. I mean, that's, that is a crazy church. And, but everyone was doing their own thing. Now, I was in the military. And doing your own thing was a crime, right? I mean, well, you're on your own program? Well, Paul was saying that you, you all need to come together and consider one another. And the Bible says, so let's begin that in verse 12. A unity in the church, a unity of purpose. For as the body is one. And hath many members or parts, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. So many parts, one whole. So also is Christ. He said that is the spirit of what we're talking about in the church. We're all different. We all look different. But just like the body has many parts, but they're all connected, Christ has many parts, and they're all connected. And he's going to explain what he's talking about. And he explains what salvation is here. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles. A Gentile is a non-Jew. Whether we be bond or free, whether we're a slave or a, a free person. And slavery is 
part of the history of the world. And so Paul has to talk to the people that were listening to his gospel. And there is still slavery today in 2022. And it's wrong. In fact, there might actually, according to one podcast I listened to, be more slavery today than when it was rampant in America. Say it's not true. Yes, it is true. And a lot of it is trafficked minors. But it's called... uh, uh, what were they called? Sexual trafficking. Those people are slaves, but it's still rampant. And so Paul was speaking here to people that could understand what he was saying because it's what they were going through. Whether we be bond or free, whether we're servant or we're free, or whether we're slave, whether we're free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. It's interesting. First of all, we see that God as the Godhead. Now, God, there's three members in the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And they actually have their own bodies as well. But they are connected with the same unity that God wants us connected to in the church. And that's why he uses God as an example. They work as a team. It said, uh, the Spirit baptizes us The Father takes the Spirit and uses the Spirit to baptize us into Christ. That's salvation. And then the Bible says, we've all made being able to drink into one Spirit. We have the Spirit of God in us. And God is our Father. Now, it's interesting. I was talking to to someone before church, and I said, you know, the Holy Ghost, and this is really what the Holy Ghost does to us, and the Spirit of God working in you, He'll give men and women, young and old, the I want to, not the I have to, about the things of God. And I know it because I've set my timer and I say, I'm going to pray for 30 minutes. You know, and sometimes you know, it's hard to focus. So I, I set it just so I don't have to look at the clock. And, but if you're doing something that you want to do, say play video games, right? You don't set the clock. I'm going to play for 27 minutes. No! You look up and it's like three in the morning and you have chips all over your lap and you know you spilled your soda and the dog wick pooped on the floor and you didn't even notice, right? Because you were excited about playing video games. Now that's an easy one, right? You just you just like you look up and it's five o'clock in the morning. Why? Simple fact. You wanted to play the video games. Well, when you want to do things, I actually spoke to a man. He said he started reading his Bible. And uh, he just looked, you know, kind of looked up and it was hours later. And he just got just into reading the word of God. What makes that happen? It's the spirit that drives us to do the things that we want to do. Amen. So uh, I said, it was hard to love those people. You know what? God changed my want to. You know what? And if God, if I, if I uh, am not changed, you know, I'm, I'm not even willing to be changed. I don't, I'm not willing to be changed to pray. Well, God, I'm willing to be made willing. Now, give God something to work with. It's like, God, but I've never been able to do this. Let's stop using that as an excuse and say, honestly, I just don't really want to. If you wanted to read your Bible, I like to read my Bible four times a year. And I, and I don't even think that's scratching the surface of the Bible. I have a little bit more time to do some things as I'm a full-time minister didn't have that time before, but I usually start about four o'clock in the morning. So anybody could probably do that that's in this room. If you wanted to start early or three o'clock, there's time to do whatever you want to do. And so 
If you want to grow in the Word of God and the will of God, one of the keys is, God, give me the spirit to want to do it. You know what? Then you'll do it. And I wasn't always this way. I didn't always get up early in the morning. I didn't always read my Bible that much. But I want to. It's not like I have to. It's not like you're better if you read your Bible more. It's a desire to know what the Word of God says. And I have that as a, as a, as a, uh, as a Christian. For the body, verse 14, is not one member. You're like, you're not. Well, he's going to explain it. So, The body is not one member, but many. The, Bible's, the body's made up of many different pieces, right? If the foot shall say, now the foot's not going to talk, but if the foot could talk, right? Because the pupils die late, so those are the last ones to die. So they would be talking after the foot, right? I see, right? But because I am not of the hand, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? Of course not. It's part of the body, no matter what it says. And if the ear shall say, because I am not of the eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? And he's quite sarcasm right here. If the whole body were an eye, preacher, we all need to be preachers. It would look like a monster. The church would look like one big eyeball. It would look like something from Monsters, Inc. Wasn't that, um, who's, who is Billy Crystal in Monsters, Inc.? Ah, uh, huh? He was a big eyeball with legs. He looked, he's a monster. The church would, would look awful if everyone, like we all have the gift of healing and we're all this. And you know, that's not what God needs. God has a balanced approach to this, okay? And it said, where were the hearing? You couldn't hear anything if you just had a, if you're a big eyeball. You couldn't wear glasses either, right? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? How could you pick your nose to do the smelling, right? But now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? Right. But now are there many members, yet but one body. And he said knowing that we're all important, and the eye cannot say unto the hand, now these making your body parts talk to one another. I don't know, my stomach has talked. It's been grumbling. Has your stomach ever started talking to you? Sometimes my leg, I think it's my phone vibrating, but I realize my phone's not in my front pocket. It's my leg that's vibrating. So they don't talk, but they actually do begin, you know, it's interesting when you get older, you get a bunch of different noises down in there. So... But it said, the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee. You can't even do that if you're just an eye. I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet. I have no need of you. Man, without feet, we wouldn't get very far, would we? <laughs> See, I mean, you wouldn't get very far at all. I remember when my leg quit working and I had to, you know, crawl on the ground to use the restroom. That was humbling, let me tell you. Because you couldn't just stay there, but I couldn't walk. So I, was, I didn't have crutches. I had to go to the, the, uh, the doctors and get the crutches. So um, I had to crawl to the restroom. And I was like, wow, you know what? When was the last time you thanked God that you had feet that worked, right? So the head can't say, the head needs the feet, right? 
your eye can look at that nice can of Coca-Cola, but try to pop up, use your eyeball and pop open a can of Coke. Just try that. Make a video on TikTok. It ain't gonna work. You need your hands, right, to pop that open, right? And it says here, nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. They're necessary. And let me read a few more verses of scripture and explain what we're talking about. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, less useful, upon these we bestow more abundant honor and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. So what are the, the feeble members of our body? What are the members that are uncomely? I, I went to a, <laughs> for a certain procedure and you're gonna know what kind of procedure it is, but it was a female doctor and she said, oh, we're sure you're gonna have a healthy colon. You'll have a good colon. And well, she went on to see that part of my body, which I have never seen, right? But these parts which we think are more feeble, the parts that are inside your hearts, your lungs, your, most people don't go around complimenting, hey girl, mm-mm, you got a nice liver. No, that's not really, mm-hmm, look at that girl's heart. No, we don't say that, right? They're uncomely. If you've ever seen a heart, like in a horror movie, it's beating or something like that. That's just like, you're not going to put that on the buffet table when people come in for the restaurant. Or it's going to drive away customers, right? Unless it's a cannibal convention, right? But the Bible says these parts of our body, and it might be speaking about other parts which we consider ugly or different things, we bestow honor. I mean, they even have doctors that study the heart. There's diets that we have to honor our heart, right? There's things that we have to increase our lung capacity, to take care of our liver, to take care of our kidneys, right? They might seem like they're unimportant, but brethren, if they quit working, we know that we will quit working, all right? Your foot can quit working and you'll be okay. You might just have to crutch around like I did, but if your heart quits working, we need our heart. It's important unto us. We protect it. There's a rib cage that surrounds your vital organs. That's why you have all those bones surrounding there because God knew that these things might not be much to look at, but they're important. And some of the Corinthians were disparaging other church members. They're not much to look at, but they're important to the body of Christ. They're important even though we might not see it. The Bible says, For our comely parts have no need. There are certain parts of the body that people look at and that people compliment. Okay, that's what it says here. They get plenty of press, right? But it says, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to the part, to that part which lacked. Like our heart. God gives honor to our heart. God gives honor to some of those vital organs. And it says that there should be no schism in the body. God brings it all together but that the members should have the same care one for another. And as, as I thought about the life of Jesus, isn't Jesus just like this? Did Jesus praise his disciples' biceps? Peter, and thou art Peter, and thou shalt flex thy biceps, which are mighty. No, he didn't. In fact, the body part that I remember that Jesus Christ magnified in the other disciples 
was their dirty, stinky feet. After the Last Supper, he said, well, pe preacher, people actually do compliment people's feet. I know, but back then when they walked around with sandals and all the dirt and dust and came in and they had scabs and they didn't have foot cream, okay? They didn't walk on sidewalks. They walked on dirty roads. And so when someone came to your house, you'd offer them water for their feet. Why? So they could wash their feet and clean their feet up from, so the feet were dirty and the feet needed care. And so Jesus was bestowing honor on the less comely parts of the body. And he said, I'm going to give you a lesson. It was in John chapter 13. And he said, uh, if I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye ought also to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done unto you. And that's what Jesus was saying. You know, don't look down upon someone or just help that part that needs to be helped because we're all important to God. In fact, it says in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 1 and 2, it says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, if you see a brother or sister who's going through it, right? They're having one of those days. They're having one of those. Don't tell them, pray, brother. That'll help you. If, it, if you prayed more, you wouldn't be getting into problems. No, it's the opposite. Once you do start to pray... You do, it's true. You start to get into more problems. Once you do go soul winning, you start to get into more problems. Once you do pay your tithe, you get into problems. Let me tell you, that is the truth. That's the truth. And so my wife's laughing. No, I'm talking about something else. There's always dynamics, right? It said, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, mock them. Tell them to read their Bible. It doesn't say that. It says, restore such in one. Be a blessing to them. You know, wash their cars. I don't, we don't have, preacher, why don't we have foot washings in the church? Whew. First of all, thank God, right? But, you know, <laughs> really. I mean, and there's churches that probably do it. It's, it. Jesus, when he said wash one another's feet, that was a cultural phenomenon. But, Sister Bigel, how many people's cars have I washed? Because that's that's what... We, that's what our transport is now. We don't usually walk everywhere. We do what? Drive everywhere. And I've, I've you know, had sisters like follow me like the car wash and just wash their car. Say, what are you saying? I'm not trying to bring any attention to myself, but if they get dirty, they get nasty, and you know, sometimes they get neglected because we're so busy. But uh, it's just to try to be a blessing to someone. And you know, so we don't necessarily wash people's feet, but man, Go wash someone's, go clean up someone's uh, apartment or their house or help wash their dog, you know, you know, help bathe their baby, help, help them do their laundry, cut their yard. I think we've done all that. I've cut someone's yard in my shirt and tie. Remember that? Because they were having a rough time and, you know, you can't. And so I was like, do you have a lawnmower? And she was like, yes. So I was like, okay. And they were sick, so I just got there. I mean, it looked really weird because I was in my, like, shirt and tie but what you doing brethren you're just trying to be a blessing yes. and I'm not saying that to bring any attention to myself I'm trying to give examples of how you can wash someone's feet and because those parts that we might consider 
that they're, oh, they're, they're dirty or whatever, but God thinks they're important. And God cares about those parts. And that's why God gives that energy to those things. Anyway, so he said, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness in Galatians chapter 1 and 6, 1. Considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. We got to realize that just as other people go through stuff, brethren, we could be going through something the next week. You know, like my car was working yesterday and then not so much. You know, it was all, you know, <laughs> but at least I wasn't in town. At least I was out of town. So the car can kind of go on the fritz when you're out of town. But everything can be going fine. And then the lights decide to come on. When extra lights come on your dashboard, it's usually not a good thing, right? It's not like, congratulations, you've won the lottery. No, congratulations, you're going to spend some money, right? So anyway, so the Bible says in verse 26, and whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. You don't realize that you have a little toe until you break it. You know what you do when you break your little toe? You know what the doctor does? Absolutely nothing. You just suffer with it. Now you can tape it if you want to, to its little neighbor toe. I don't even know if the neighbor toe to the pinky toe has a name. It's just another toe. I mean, it's just like unnamed toe between the big toe and what's fourth removed from the big toe. There's no name for it. But when your pinky toe gets, let me tell you, every step, oh, every step, oh, and then when you hit it again, no! When one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Have you ever gotten like a splinter? tiny little splinter in your finger or something like that and it hurts it's like all of your mind goes to this tiny little you can't even see it it's so small like a little piece of metal or something like that but all the members suffer with it so he's giving us an understanding of how our physical body works and it says or one member be honored all the members rejoice with it man if someone's getting crowned in the olympics and they get that medal their chest is puffed up and they're at the position of attention and they're everything everybody's excited because your forehead is getting crowned or something like that so now if your teeth are getting crowned i don't know if that's exciting but anyway so probably more, more of us would probably get our teeth crowned here than get the olympic crown but anyway god knows but it says in romans chapter 12 verse 15 to 16 rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Identify with the brothers and sisters. Be of the same mind one toward another. And then it says this, and this is what he's really saying in Corinthians as well. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Not just the, you know, the people with the nice cars and the you know, sophisticated, but everybody needs love. That's what the Bible says. And it says, be not wise in your own conceits. So verse 27, now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. And then it begins to go with some of the divisions, not how the church is divided, but how the church is set up. And God hath set some in the church, not everyone. First, apostles. Secondarily, prophets. Thirdly, teachers. After that, miracles then gifts of healings, helps, governments, and then he puts down diversities of tongues. And this is kind of like a, uh, from first to last in level of importance, right? Apostles are first, and speaking in tongues is kind of down at the bottom. The Corinthians were all about everyone liked to speak in tongues, and you're great. But he's like, hey, that's great, but that's kind of at the bottom, okay? And he said, 
Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Do all have the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? He's saying, not everybody is called to do everything. And thank God. But it says, but covet earnestly the best gifts. So just because not everybody's a preacher or everybody doesn't have the miracles of healing, notice, it doesn't just say covet the best callings because you don't have to be a preacher to have the gift of healing uh, given to you. You just have to have the Spirit of God because that's who works all the gifts. Say, well, I really want to prophesy. Well, covet it. Covet the best gifts. God will lay something on your heart. Uh, uh, As you seek Him, He'll give you a blessing. And then it says, and yet I show, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. He said, let me revolutionize everything about your life. Because they were just trying to fight like who is going to be the best and who is going to be number one prophet or number one psalm. Everyone's got a psalm. Everyone wants to prophesy. Me, 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 me. You ever been in a, in a class like that? And like, ooh, ooh, ooh. You ever try to get a teacher to call on you and they didn't call on you? And then you start moving your hand up and down. And then she didn't call on you. And then you start to go, ooh, 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 ooh. Well, I mean, the teacher sees the hand, right? But the Corinthians were all like that. Ooh, 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 me, me, ooh, ooh, ooh. But there was no humility. There was no love. So next chapter, Paul begins to talk about the Christian's superpower. And I like, you know, the superheroes and comics and everything. But Christians have a superpower. And it's not just miracles. The more excellent way that Paul talks about. And if you read about this love, I dare you to read about it. And read about how real it is and how what the qualifications of love really are. And they're a load leveler, brother. <laughs> but that is a Christian superpower. And so Paul said, if you hang on, I'm going to show you a more excellent way to work for the Lord. And it's through the love of Jesus Christ. At this time...